0: Welcome back to the Evolution Podcast, Episode 129 with Jen Roland. I'm your host. And my name is Jeff Bayless. You probably know that by now. Uh, you probably also know you can follow me on Instagram at Jeff Bayless underscore. You also probably know <laughs> if you get anything out of the show, the coolest thing you can do to help the project is just share it with somebody. Give us a review. Give it. You know, go to iTunes. Give us a five star review. Just give me some feedback. Stuff like that really helps. Uh, you know, rising tide lifts all ships, and that really does help kind of move the train down the track and help get the message out to more people. Uh, Brene Brown says, and I think I might have said it in this episode, you know, she said one time in an interview, why do anything if you don't want it to, you know, reach a lot of people? Why It's not uh, not beneficial for you to hide your badassery, you know, so um, I want that for you, and if you would help me out with that, that would be great. So coming into this episode, I want you to kind of maybe think of something that you're relatively attached to something that you identify with, something that, uh, you know, you would really be hurting if it was taken away from you. Now couple that with just immense pain in your body and and you don't know why. I don't want to give too much of the show away, but that's exactly what Jen went through. And her remarkable story of being able to not only turn it around, but find the grace and the love and... Uh, the forgiveness and the mercy and faith and spirituality and just all of these things to make it into something super positive to help other people get through trying times uh, not only with her specific diagnosis but in other ways Uh, you know we could all use more uh, people like Jen in the world Uh, I think I'm probably going to have her back on the show to talk a little bit more about fear and anxiety Uh, but until then uh, on to the show and enjoy all right welcome back to the evolution podcast we have a new friend uh, a new guest and jen i I just want to open up with saying uh, i'm grateful for you coming on the show Uh, i'm grateful for us getting connected by a mutual friend uh our phone conversation i could already tell that you're going to be a good fit for this project and so i appreciate uh your flexibility and I also appreciate your openness that I know you're going to share because you already shared with me as a perfect stranger not too long ago, right? Uh, so there's a lot of nuggets of wisdom that we're going to be able to take away from this. So uh, I would just kind of start in with saying thank you. Uh, you know, always, I think it's a good place to, you know, a good foundation for any project you're going to do to try to help somebody else's gratitude. So I'm to extend my gratitude to you. And then I'll just kind of open up with, you know, what what are you excited about right now? Like, what, what are you passionate about? What gets you motivated? What got you out of bed this morning other than coffee, right?
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, thanks to you so much for, for having me on your podcast. And I'm really glad we've connected too. And I've enjoyed listening to you and the episodes that I've had a chance to listen to so far. Um, I would say I, I've always kind of been a learner my whole life. Um, I've had a passion for, for learning and growing and kind of helping people through anything that I've gone through or even them going through, but maybe just a couple steps ahead. And so these past few years, for me, I've actually been journeying through uh, chronic pain and a, a diagnosis for small fiber neuropathy that causes this daily just burning pain in my legs and in my feet. And So I've really been passionate about helping other people that are struggling with chronic pain and chronic illness and the fear and anxiety that's associated with chronic pain and chronic illness. So I've kind of woven in some of my my background in teaching and I used to do health and and fitness coaching and tying that in along with spirituality and just strategies for resilience and pain management to help people that are in the midst of of chronic pain or illness to just move toward healing and wholeness and to find hope that isn't tethered to their circumstances. And I've just found that to be very uh, difficult, but also just extremely rewarding. And I see how God has really increased my compassion for other people that are struggling by me going through this. And it's never something I would have chosen for myself. But now that I'm here, I totally see um, how my writing and my speaking that I do is, is given so much credibility because I have gone through things. Um, I've gone through hardship and I've um, chosen not to give up and to keep pushing forward on the, the goals that I believe God has given to me. Um, and so it's actually, um, in a way it's helped my, in the ministry that I have and the coaching that I do to flourish, um because I've gone through um, the pain that I've gone through and, and still going through.
0: Mm. Man, that, that was like, there was a lot right there. Like I, I actually just filled my whole page of notes. So uh, <laughs> that's, uh, so I guess, I mean, you know, we're talking about the small fiber neuropathy, and I'd, I'd love for you to discuss what that is. But first, I think I'd like to, you know, maybe focus on, you know, and then, you know, whatever the the byproducts or pro products, as I like to say of that are right, like, so there's things that, you know, the byproducts are the things that maybe drag you down, but then the pro products are the things that you actually benefited from the struggle, right? The obstacle is the way, right? Um, You know, you talked about the fear and anxiety, but also how you were into health and fitness and, you know, resilience obviously is a huge theme on this show. Uh, Faith is obviously, I talk about spirituality all the time. Uh, you know, that it's just at a fundamental level, you don't have to believe in exactly what you and I believe in that Jesus Christ died on the cross for our sins. But if you believe in some form of spirituality, then at a minimum, you know, that it's bigger than you that there's something out there, uh, pushing you in a direction towards um, something that's bigger than you, right, a collective good talked about healing and wholeness. But first, I want to get to your testimony, right. So, uh, you know, you mentioned the word testimony, and that's kind of a, it's kind of a heavy word, right? It's kind of a loaded, you know, it's like, oh man, like, what is your testimony? Right. So I don't want to ask that question just out directly. Like, you know, (laughs) Hey Jen, just give us your whole testimony right now. I I think we'll get there over the course of an hour or so. Um, but if you could, you know, like, what is your testimony? Like, what is, what is the, uh, the background, the, 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 the buildup to where you got to where you are now, where you're okay with the, Small fiber neuropathy, and you know you're you're at a place where you can help others. So, what is what is the background? Uh, start the testimony maybe twenty years ago or so, because you're you're 19, right, or, or you're 21. Yeah, that's so. right, exactly. Yeah. Um,
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, let's see. So we rewind to when I graduated from college. So I graduated with a degree in education and I started off as a public school teacher. So I taught middle school science and then I taught high school science. And in the in that time, I also did national boards and I got a master's degree in life sciences. And I was very much a workaholic, but always knew that I wanted to do something meaningful with my life. Um, I went into teaching um, not because I knew I could make a lot of money, obviously, but because I believed that that was a way I was going to form relationships um, with kids and be able to make a difference. And so I did that for about 10 years. And then after I had my kids, um, there were some circumstances in my life where um, I needed to be home, both to raise my kids and also um, to work on my marriage, which was which was kind of uh, being suffocated at that time. And so I left my career as a teacher, which was very difficult. And I realized then that I had really placed a lot of my identity and my worth in my accomplishments and my career because I felt very lost when I left that job um, and was home. And I couldn't really understand why I put my finger on it, but um, circumstances actually continued to be difficult for, for quite a while. And it was in that time, um, as I started spending time with with other people that were more mature in their faith, I realized that something was lacking in mine and um, I wanted to grow in in my spirituality. I wanted to grow closer to God. I wanted to understand his word. And um, I actually realized in, um, in hindsight that the very busy workaholic lifestyle I was leading was not giving any space for that to happen. Um, in fact, when I had issues going on in, in my marriage and elsewhere in my life, I would just dive more into work. I wouldn't really face them. I would just kind of avoid them
0: like a coping um, and so mechanism. that time.
1: I'm sorry. Go ahead.
0: No, like a coping mechanism, you think? Or? Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm.
1: I mean, people, some people cope with, you know, numbing out with TV or drinking or whatever it might be. Um, but for me, I would just dive into my, my work. So that time um, home with my kids I really started to um, dive into the word and it started to really open my eyes um, to what I needed to do to really grow in in my faith and in that time period as I was um, you know reading the word and I started attending a different church and then in getting involved in small groups, God started calling me to chip away at, different habits, um, thought processes and so forth in my life that just weren't aligned with the way that he wanted me to live. And that kind of led me interestingly, um, I decided not to go back to classroom teaching, but still being very passionate about teaching, I started teaching health and fitness because I had the science background. I was very into fitness. I knew a lot of young moms that wanted to be fit and they had young children. And so I did health and fitness coaching for quite some time. And then you're, I started having chronic pain.
0: You're going to fit right into this this, uh, this tribe that we're in because uh, I think more than half of the people that listen to this are into health and fitness as well. So So describe the, describe the health and fitness per se, like, you know, what, what exactly did that look like as, as far as, I mean, obviously, so if you, if you're teaching science, right? Like, you know, the anatomy, you know, the body, I know when I was going through school, like, you know, biology was really interesting to me, you know, the human body and learning about all these things I got into bodybuilding. Right. So then it was kind of a natural progression into fitness. Right. So, uh, I guess what, what did health and fitness look like for you is a, is a more direct question.
1: What did it look like in terms of the coaching or for myself, for me?
0: Both. Mm -hmm.
1: Okay. Um, Well, at first I started off doing all the crazy, like insanity and P90X and all that kind of thing. So I was doing those workouts and really um, just doing these challenge groups and trying to get people involved and um, just helping them be more disciplined and giving them accountability. Um, And then I kind of expanded it and added the nutrition piece in. So um, I got a personal training certification and then I started doing some health coaching. So my nutrition coaching I was doing online, um, but I was really just looking at portions. I was cutting out processed foods and, you know, artificial sweeteners and foods with lots of sugar and um, trying to, you know, look at kind of the ratio of carbs and proteins and Healthy fats that I was eating, and just be selective about the, the nutrients that I was putting in my body that could fuel my body the best I possibly could. And that's where my my website name originally, Fuel Fit Focus, came from. It was fueling your body as well as your mind and spirit, being physically as well as mentally and spiritually fit, and then being focused, which for me was being focused on God, but having that greater purpose, nice. um, that eternal perspective. And so that's where Fuel Fit Focus, which was my Brand name came from. And so at that point in time, I was doing nutrition coaching, just like you do coaching now, but I was coaching them with a nutrition piece. Um, And then I was like leading these fitness challenge groups and helping people stay motivated and accountable.
0: Right. Yeah. So, and you said earlier, and and there's a lot there. And (laughs) I feel like I need to have you on for part two already as we're just getting started. But so then you said that that's when the pain started that the pain started hitting, right? The pain started coming in as you were kind of hitting your stride, right? You had found your purpose. You're like, okay, I'm not a not a high school teacher anymore. Uh, my faith is strong. You know, I'm, I'm doing well spiritually. I'm doing well physically. Uh, I feel fulfilled. I, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but it's kind of what I hear you saying. You know, it's like, I felt fulfilled in, in, in what I was doing for work, right? For a W-2 or in your case, you know, more of an entrepreneur uh, scenario. And then the pain hit. Right. So I guess but maybe- there was,
1: there was some other things that happened in there that I don't want to leave out because they're really okay. important. So yeah, um, I, I was talking about also wanting needing to devote more time to my marriage. And so mm-hmm. in um, 2016, that kind of reached a low point and I um, my husband and I ended up in marriage counseling. Um, and the reason why that's so important for me to share is that that was really um, like 2015, right before that happened was really when I felt like I sur- like surrendered, um, completely for the first time. And that's when I really felt God kind of directing me in my path. Um, and we ended up in counseling and the biggest thing people say, oh, you know, did, you know, the, the counseling save your marriage. And I'll tell them, no, the, it wasn't counseling that saved our marriage. It was God that saved our marriage, but it was our counselor that pointed us to God. And so we each grew individually, uh, my spouse and I, I mean, I can be honest and say that our sessions together did not go very well, but the counselor worked with us individually. And so as we both grew um, as individuals uh, closer to God, we grew closer to each other and our faith, both of our faith just increased tremendously. So in 2017, I actually Um, My husband, myself, and my oldest daughter, who's now almost 12, were baptized. And Mm. for me, that was the second time I was baptized. But it was symbolic of really, like, coming off the throne of my own life and putting him at the center, as opposed Mm. to believing, but not, but still kind of doing what my plan was, right? Mm. Um, And that was really pivotal, because it was after that happened, and I started then, looking at wellness from a completely holistic perspective. So now what was originally fitness and now nutrition expanded even more. And I started weaving, um, doing, you know, mind, body, spirit
0: and looking at
1: all parts (laughs) and that, and that's important because had that not happened, when I got to the point where I started, where I was diagnosed and had chronic pain, I would not have been able to be as strong as I was, it was like God had already prepared me by giving me something that was extremely difficult to go through, Um, you know, where our marriage almost ended. And I, you know, felt like I was living at home with a stranger. I mean, it took you know, two years just to, you know, get to the point where then we could feel like we could start communicating more effectively again. And so that's important because that prepared me. Um, so at the time when my pain hit, which was in 2018, okay, so counseling 2016, baptized, re, renewing my vows and being baptized in a pool in a completely different church and but surrounded by a community of people that were supporting me in 2017. And now I'm in 2018 and take the picture for my website. My daughter had taken it literally a month before the pain where I'm jumping up in the air, hands in the air, big smile on my face, felt super alive, best shape I've ever been in. And then it was literally the month after that, that I started having this pain. Um, So Mm -hmm. just wanted to give you a little bit more background because that is really what got me through.
0: Yeah, no, and I'll go back to the question, but I, as you're talking, what's coming up for me is, you know, this, this theory, uh, and I'm not the one that created this theory or, you know, I'm probably just a a parrot of all the stuff that I read and, you know, the information I consume. And then maybe I put the Jeff Bayless spin on it, but it's, it's kind of this idea of of like, you know, it's all connected, you know, it's not just, you know, uh, I could, I could work out every single day and work. 80 hours a week. And if I'm not tying into what I'm putting into my mouth, uh, how much time I'm spitting, meditating, praying, uh, quiet time, you know, just introspection, like it's all connected, is what I'm trying to say. And that's a very uh, layman's way to say, you know, exactly what you just said. Uh, And maybe I'm just kind of rejumbling the words that you use but you know basically what you said was you know it's it's all connected right like you, you you had to decide that you know it wasn't just the one thing that got you well i mean obviously your faith was probably the largest factor right uh but you couldn't just focus on one thing anymore right
1: um, right no i couldn't and i've heard you talk about wholeness before and that's really what i you know believe wholeness yeah. you know it en- encompasses the the mind and the soul which is um or the, the body, the soul, which is mind, will, and emotions, and the spirit. And well, so when and you, you're talking about whole person, you're talking about all of that. And like, I mean, the mind is, with, especially with the chronic pain, is huge. I mean, you can't mm-hmm. have, you know, you can't be in a, in a good place if your mind is not in a good place. And if you're not m- being mindful of what thoughts are entering your mind and mm-hmm. choosing which ones stay and, you know, which ones you know, you're, you're not focusing on them. Right. So that's just imperative or you get stuck in a ditch, you know?
0: Yeah. You Um, know, Eckhart Tolle, have you read have you heard of him or anything about his, he, he, he says, uh, you know, basically, uh, you're not, you're not your thoughts, you're your interpretation of your thoughts. Right. mm -hmm. So it's like, it's natural to have the thoughts come in. Uh, but then how do we interpret those? And then what do we, what do we manifest? What do we embody? And then what do we do with those? Um, So let's, let's, uh, if you'll allow me, let's, let's go back to the original question, because I think the listener on average understands everything that we're talking about on the, uh, you know, on the, on the playing field here with the exception of maybe not knowing what small fiber neuropathy is and how it manifests for you. And then, uh, maybe what your journey was like through that diagnosis.
1: Okay, sure. So originally, um, when the pain started, I was actually working out in my basement, I was lifting and I actually had back pain first, which is part of the reason this whole journey has been that much more frustrating and difficult is because doctors attributed the neuropathy pain I was having to the back, which wasn't connected. Um, But it started off me having this back pain. And then about a month and a half later, I started noticing that I had this burning pain in my feet. So it would just feel burn, like they're like in, right next to a campfire or on really bad days, like I was just standing in a campfire and my feet would, would burn off and on. And then they would burn more often and it became more and more frequent. And then a couple months after that, um, it actually traveled up both of my legs, all the way up um, both legs. And that stayed for about, oh, over a year. Um, before I started feeling it in my hands. So small fiber neuropathy is a neurological disorder where there's damage to the small nerve fibers in your body that control pain temperature. Um uh, what was it, pain, temperature, and sensation. And so unlike large motor neuropathy or neuropathy that affects large motor, I don't have balance or weakness issues. So I don't look like I have an illness, hmm. but I have constant, now constant pain in the form for me of like burning or sometimes I'll get tingling or sometimes with my hands, I'll get a numbness. Um, and so it's a burning pain because I actually have, I had a biopsy done to test for small fiber neuropathy because the doctors couldn't figure out what was wrong with me. And so it took me over two years to get a diagnosis. Wow. Um, for a year, over a year, they thought it had to be my back and I was on bed rest for three months. I did Mm -hmm. cortisone shots that didn't work. They thought it was piriformis syndrome and then restless leg syndrome. And then it was you know, a number of different things, um, none of which it turned out to be. And it wasn't until I finally was just so fed up with being referred from one doctor to the next and spending thousands of dollars and doing all these shots and tests and nothing coming back. I mean, no news in this case wasn't always good news because it just meant I didn't know. and, you know, the bed rest didn't help. And this was, you know, coming off of being super healthy and fit. And like, they're telling me that I had to lay on a couch for three months to heal. And then when I get up after that three months, I'm not better. <laughs> like, that can, was really- I can
0: tell you, uh, I personally, I would look at that as almost like a death sentence. And I'm, I'm pretty sure like most people in this group can relate to that. Like, or I'm sorry, in, on this podcast, uh, because th- that is like- moving your body is really part of a moving meditation, right? So the inability to move your body, I mean, that's, that's huge. You know, I mean, that's, yeah. they that's told me be- not
1: even to walk unless I had to do something like they, that I wasn't supposed to like go for a walk. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was yes. And I had people like, Oh my gosh, that must be so hard for you. Cause you're like always going, you're always, <laughs> you're always on the go. You're always doing things. And like, you're so into fitness. And I had a, neighbors say that's like your identity like what are you like you know and Mm. i was like thanks like you're not making you're not helping (laughs) um but yeah um it was because they were thinking well oh if she rests and it's a back issue then that the disc that i had a herniated disc in my back and Mm. so they thought oh well that just has to heal um but it wasn't until you know, that first shock came when I um, finally went to a back surgeon and he, um, and I've talked about this um, on other podcasts, because that was the beginning. If you look at like the grief cycle, the first step is like shock and denial.
0: Denial, And it was Mm.
1: me in that, in that uh, spinal surgeon's office when he walked in and said, this is not a back issue. Like there is something else going on because your symptoms don't align at all with what I see. When I look at your x-rays and MRIs, like this little herniation is not causing this burning pain that goes all the way up your legs and it goes up your legs. And that's another thing I would say, like, I couldn't believe like there was some anger associated with like, how do doctors not know that if it's starting in my feet and it's traveling up, that's length dependent neuropathy. That's like starting at the end of the nerve and slowly working its way up the leg. That's not back pain that radiates down like sciatica but no one picked up on that. And I think it's just because every doctor is so specialized in what they specialize in. They're not trained to recognize it. And when I went back and told my physical therapist that I was diagnosed with neuropathy, he was like, what? You're not 70 years old. And like, you were so healthy. And I was like, yes, (laughs) but it can still happen. Like I know another woman who's just a few years older than me and she was recently diagnosed too. And I think doctors just I guess I thought that they should know that, but that it is what it is. And so, um, Well, so in Western
0: have... medicine, I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure I'm preaching to the choir here, but in Western medicine, they have like 17 minutes tops to give you a diagnosis and get you out the door. You know what I mean? With a medication or a potentially a, a referral for a surgery or something. So, you know, I mean, that may be something as you're talking about wholeness, you know, as we, I think we, we align on this, you know, it's all connected. And so like, if if you only have 17 minutes to diagnose someone, are you really getting to the root problem or the root, you know, issue? Uh, You know, I think it takes a little more time. You know, I think it takes a little more care, a little more conversation and maybe some outside the box thinking, even within the realm of science. uh, You know, my wife's a veterinarian. I didn't even know that there were specialty veterinarians until I married a veterinarian, right? So, you know, I mean, everybody's got their little, you know, uh, you know, if you're a GP doc, you know, then that's what you are, you're a GP doc. And so to find something so, uh, I, I don't know how common is uh small fiber neuropathy. I mean, I guess uh, that, that would be maybe a, another well, question. So not. peripheral
1: neuropathy affects, so it's a type, so peripheral neuropathy is any damage to nerves outside the brain and, and spinal cord. And that affects over 30 million people in the United States. Okay. Um, So very common, but um more than so half like of 10, cases 10% are diabetic. Right.
0: Is that right? Wait. What's that? So we're at like 330 million. Is that right? And so in the United States, I mean you so you're saying basically that's like 10% in the United States?
1: Um, I don't know what the percentage is exactly. I just yeah, know don't, don't that, factor. Um,
0: that's a lot of people, yeah.
1: It's a lot of people. Now <laughs> right. small fiber is 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 definitely less common. Um, there's not a lot of research about it. Um, a lot of times you hear about people with neuropathy, they're diabetic. Um, and so they have like the foot drop or the swelling of the legs, or, you know, you hear about like foot tear for diabetics because they get numbness in their feet and they can't right. like feel, you know, um, but you know, I was in diabetics. A lot of times it's caused by chemotherapy. Um, never, you know, that wasn't the case for me. Sometimes it's caused by autoimmune conditions. Um, certain medications have been shown to be able to, to cause neuropathy, um, you know, there's alcohol can cause neuropathy. Alcoholism can cause neuropathy. Um, so there are a number of different things that can cause it, but you know, I've been tested for everything and they haven't been able to identify it yet. So you um, think it,
0: you think it was genetic for you?
1: I don't know. I'm not convinced that it was genetic either. Um, So even mm. though I saw, so I was just diagnosed in March. So while you mentioned the term acceptance, I feel like I I have accepted the diagnosis because I've had a lot of time over COVID where everything Mm. was delayed to to process it, to (laughs) unfortunately look at things online and read descriptions and to know there was something going on that was more serious than what they initially had thought. Um, But I am Mm. not yet um, at a place where I have just said, okay, I have idiopathic and meaning accepted the part that they um, cannot identify the cause. I've only seen one, um, special specialty neurologist at this point. Um, so I, I have been to like, there's such a thing as a pain psychologist that I visited and, you know, we talked about, well, how, what does it look like to come to a place of acceptance for this, this idiopathic part of it? So you're not driving yourself insane, you know, looking for a cause for the next 40 years. And I, And we kind of came to an agreement, well, okay, I'm going to go to this many doctors and I'm going to see if there's any other tests that are maybe less common that they can do. Because the thing about peripheral nerves is that they can heal. doesn't mean they will, but they can heal if the underlying cause is addressed. And so um, without a cause there, there isn't a cure, but with a cause, you know, then you can treat that. So, um, you know, I, I believe that, um, God has a purpose in it, but I still, um, you know, my family still prays that you know, if it's His will, that He would reveal the cause so that we can address the root cause, like you said, and uh-huh. not just treat it with things that help distract me from the pain or, you know, yeah, cure the symptom, not the
0: relief. not the not the illness. Yeah, exactly. You know, going back to something you said earlier about uh, small groups, because you discussed your faith, and I think we've done a pretty good job. Uh, you know. Thus far, I've kind of seeing how that uh, played into your your transformation, or maybe your transcendence, eventually uh, through this process, right? Uh, you know how it saved your marriage and how it helped you cope uh, with uh, maybe shifting that coping mechanism, and not to project on you, but maybe shifting that coping mechanism from what you do to who you are, right? So maybe shifting that over, uh, and so I'm I'm curious because. I'm huge on this like idea of community and tribe and I'm not alone in this thought process, right? Like there's so much, and we learned this in COVID, right? Like you stripped everybody's tribe away and then you know, the domestic abuse went up, uh, DUIs went up, you know uh, just, you take people's tribe away, man. And boy, we we really just don't know what to do with ourselves. You know, we are social people. We really are. And uh, you talked about small groups um, in your church, which kind of reminded me of tribes, uh, so was there anything in your, in your sphere that, you know, was kind of part of your tribe to help you go through this and, and turn it into something, you know, you, you said something that kind of resonated with me about, you know, uh, to the effect that, you know, if you're in a, if you're in a hard spot or if you, you know, your, your marriage was not going well. Right. So it only adds to the, uh, to, to the problem. Right. And then, and then, you know, you, you had the, you know, you, you, you kind of saved your marriage and you got baptized and your daughter got baptized and like everything was perfect. And then, you know, then a month later you get this diagnosis. So was there, this is a long winded way to ask this question. I'm sorry, <laughs> but you know, was there some poor part of a tribe that helped you get to where you are now to where you can accept the diagnosis? And then I guess this is a two-part question, you know, decide that you're going to do something to help others with it. Right. Uh, huh. So you can answer the first one, then I'll remind you the second one, because I know that was kind of a long-winded question. Was, I
1: mean, there are a number of people, definitely, mm-hmm. that helped. Um, I mean, at that point, you know, like, like you say a month after, but remember, it was like a month after that, you know, that pain started in 2018, but I wasn't diagnosed until um, 2021. So oh,
0: yeah. so, um, yeah.
1: so a lot of time went by in between that. And so, um, yeah, I mean, my family has been really supportive. Um and, uh, you know, my friends have been really supportive people from church. Um, and, uh, you know, I, have really am blessed that I have, you know, people like that, that brought me some meals after my diagnosis, even though I was able to cook, just, just showing me that they cared or stopping by, um, I did join, um, a couple neuropathy like sport groups as well. Um, there are two and they are very different. Um, there's a sharp contrast between them. Um, and I noticed that right away. And one of them was just, um, uh, it was difficult to be in because, uh, people would a lot of times just, it was kind of commiserating a lot of times. Um, and I found that I know a lot of people have, you know, said, how can you stay in that group? And, and I just, Decided I I wanted to almost just be like a beacon of light in that group um, as best as I could because I mm. knew that um Because I was standing on solid ground with my faith, I had something to offer that maybe being a secular group, some of them didn't have that, and so they were very depressed and struggling. And the other group was more about celebrating successes, and I found that group very encouraging. Um, You know, they were you know trying to get still trying to get steps in and nourishing their body well and doing all the things that you possibly can control. And I think that's so important when you're going through any kind of hardship is to be able to separate out, like, what are the things I can control and what are the things I can't control? Um, and then really focusing our efforts on the things we can, because anytime we focus our efforts or thoughts on things we can't control, that's when the anxiety comes up. Um, that's when we feel frustrated. Um, there's just so many negative things uh, that come from that, that come from trying to change the things that we just don't have the power to change. Um, but I think there's always something, and this is another thing that I think is really great there's always something we can change, even if it's just the way we're thinking about it. Um, you know, if you're bedridden because you can't get out of bed and walk around, you can still choose, you know, what you choose to read, what information you choose to take in, what shows you choose to watch, you choose to call, how you spend, I mean, there's always something. Um, but that community really has been been helpful, and um, in terms of using it um, to help others. So I'm actually in. I'm also in a writers. I I write on my website. Um, I have a, a dream of one day publishing a book, and so I have a wellness writers group that I'm in with other people that write about health and wellness. Um, and one day, you know, I was telling them, and I felt like maybe I needed to pivot because here I was you know, before I was just, you know, writing about all these, um, intense workouts and these strict, you know, regimented like eating plans. And I just wasn't there anymore. Like now it had been a, a good year and a half, two years. I wasn't doing those workouts anymore. Uh, my workouts had changed. I started swimming. I was walking. I was doing like, you know, some very basic things because I wasn't able to do the things I used to do. Um, and I had just kind of, I just, I just, I mean, not everyone may agree with this, but I just realized that life was too short to count calories, and I just decided I was going to eat healthy without mm. um, stressing about it. And so, as that think, kind of changed I think, in me,
0: I think uh, I think everybody <laughs> should agree with that. So okay, good. You, you get my vote, yeah. Just so eat, I just eat, said, you know, I feel like food in its most natural form, yeah. And and when yes. you full stop, you know, that's kind of if yeah. I, I was the same way. So I, I, everything you're saying is like almost my story, uh, with less, <laughs> with, with more common sense applied maybe, uh, sooner than, than I did. So, um,
1: and I, that's one of the things, even just in my faith walk that I realized that I was, you know, I would get up and do my workouts first and then my quiet time. And God kind of convicted me like spiritual training should be prioritized over physical. And, you know, I just reverse the order. Um, and, uh, So it was still very important to me. I mean, wholeness is my passion. um, But I do feel like, again, it's whole person. And that's, it's just important to address all those aspects. Um, So I was talking to these wellness writers about feeling like maybe I needed to pivot a little bit what I was doing, because I just wasn't living, like I wasn't doing those things anymore, um, to the same degree. And I started talking about, you know, serving other The community of people that were striving to move towards healing and wholeness in the midst of chronic pain. And in that conversation, one of the, my friends and writers interrupted me and was like, do you hear the passion in your voice when you're talking about this? Like, you know, she could hear it and she pointed it out in me. And I just feel like, again, I feel like it's a journey. Like, I don't know if I'll be doing this for the rest of my life, but I see as right as right now, that's where God is using me and he's growing me through it. In addition to hopefully growing others, he is definitely growing me. Um, and so I see it all as part of that journey um, toward wholeness.
0: Yeah. And another thing you brought up, I think we talked off show about, you know, just, or maybe I've I kind of prefaced the show of why I start with now. Right. What, what are you passionate about now? Because if we're so worried about the past or the future, That's not up to us, right? You can't change the past and you can't control the future. What's up to you right now is the decision you make in every little moment. It's a lot of little decisions that get you to the situation where you are in life, right? So you know you can choose to interpret whatever happens to you or happens for you. Uh, you know, it's it's the now that matters, right? It's it's being present in the moment, like I'm present in this conversation, right? There's nothing else that I'm doing, I'm I'm enjoying. Listening to your testimony, hearing your story, taking the wisdom that you've learned from your hardship, right, and how you've been able to help others, and that's 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 a powerful underestimated thing to conceptualize, right? Like, just be in the now, man. Like, you really can't. I mean, yeah, should we plan for our future? Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, I have a retirement plan. Uh, You know, like of course, you know, I plan for things. I'm a planner. I've been in the military for 20 years, and now I work for the government. Like, I I plan stuff out, right? Uh, And when you're in the moment, just enjoy the moment, maybe not think about you have uh, this diagnosis, right? Um, One thing I'd love to hear your, your thoughts on. uh, So, well, two things. So you said, um, you know, control what you can't control, right? And there's, uh, I I read a lot of stoicism when I was going through like my suicidal ideations, and you know, my my lowest low, you know, the stoic philosophers really helped me kind of like, harden up and like, just embrace this philosophy of like, it's, you know, you can power through this. Right. And maybe, maybe it's a man thing. Like I'm not trying to be sexist, but maybe it is, you know, like, you know, I'm just like, Oh, I can be a stoic. Right. But Marcus Aurelius had a really good thought. It was very similar to what you said, you know, about control of things you can't control. And I can't remember the quote right now, but I was reminded of that. Um, so I, you know, I would encourage the listener to check out some stoic philosophy if, if they're curious about it, just Google Marcus Aurelius, you know, something control what you can't control. Um, and another thing, and I'm, I'm kind of bouncing around, but I'm, I'm following my notes here. And then The other thing you said was, you know, you talked about therapy and you said, like, therapy wasn't the thing that really got you there. It was God. Right. So um, I guess like I have that same. And I don't want to be too prescriptive. Like if, if there's somebody listening to this, uh, you know, I want them to reach out for therapy if they need it. Right. Because it's 100 uh, percent low barrier to entry. Definitely. You're not going to come out of there worse. You got nothing to lose, right? Except for maybe a little bit of time. But therapy wasn't the thing that helped me. What helped me was feeling like I deserved to be loved by God and by my wife, right? I mean, I I, I kind of accepted or expected that my kids would love me because I'm their dad, right? I mean, that's almost like an automatic thing. Uh, not always. I, I know there's an exception to that, but you know, for me, it was the unconditional love that saved my life, right? That that is literally why you're talking to Jeff right now. Right. You know, if I didn't feel, I never felt worthy of love. I I was always trying to do more. I'm getting emotional now. I was always trying to do more to prove that I was worthy of validation and love. Right. Like you said, you know, do more, be more, attain more. This is what I do. This is what I can prove. Look at all this ribbons on my chest. Look at all these deployments. I did look at all this, you know, cool stuff that my mom can brag about uh, you know, at, at her, you know, whatever her her circle. Right. And, you know, that, that feeling, you know, the therapy is helpful, but can you maybe describe, you know, as you were saying that the therapy was okay, but it was really God. Can you maybe go into a little bit further about, you know, what about that warm embrace or what was it specifically? Was it like, I don't know, did something just come over you that said like, you know, I don't want to put words in you. So, so what was it, you know, over therapy that was better than the therapy?
1: Well, I think one thing I, like I mentioned before is that our counselor did a really good job of kind of, she was a Christian counselor and she just pointed us back to the word of God. And the more, you know, you spend time in the word, the more um, you just begin to kind of, align, if you're trying to apply it, you know, align your life with that. And there were things that I was doing, um, you know, whenever there's a a problem in a relationship, you know, there's there's always, you know, regardless of whether it's 50-50, one person or the other person or 98-2 or whatever it is, there's always something that you're doing that whether you're not causing it or contributing to it, but there's something that you can do. Um, sometimes that's just to disengage, right? But for me, I began um, to realize that um, a lot, in a lot of ways, and I think a lot of times couples go into therapy, they're like, you know, to the therapist or like, you need to fix him or her, right? Right. Like it's the other person's problem. And I think both of us kind of went in that way thinking, you know, she's the one or he's the one that really needs help. Um, But I don't believe that um, the therapist is who fixes someone, nor can we fix someone. We can't do that. That's just not our job. Like that, like true heart change comes from the Holy spirit and comes from God and and so me trying to change my spouse was actually only making the situation worse, mm. um, not better. And so me kind of, you know, just God giving me the revelation that it's not my job to fix people, that like, it's his job to do that. And I can be in prayer for that person and ask God to soften my heart towards that person. But ultimately it's him that's got to do the, the deep heart change first um, in order to uh, really you know, change a person's behavior and likewise with me, you know, like my nothing, my husband said to try to change me was going to work. I was just going to get defensive. Um, Mm. that was just going to be my natural response. Um, and so learning to, um, not be defensive, to not feel like something that he said that I didn't agree with, that I had to, um, put on like, you know, like my boxing gloves and go to battle with him, but instead, you know, knowing what the truth is and like you said even just knowing your true worth is in you know who god says you are and that you're unconditionally loved and so you know when people are angry they say things they may not mean and and sometimes we can hold on to those things um Mm -hmm. and we can even um begin to you know sometimes it will speak to insecurities deep down within us that we then say oh gosh like it must be true because i have that you know That person just said it, but really it's just calling out a lie that we've believed about ourselves because we don't understand our true identity Mm. in Christ. Um, That was a lot, but I, I think that knowing who I was in Christ kind of made it so that harsh words didn't stick the way they used to so um that was one thing and then just not pushing other people's boundaries trusting that god would do a work um the god that was working in me would do a work in the other person which he did and he worked Mm -hmm. in me as well um and so the reason i say it wasn't therapy is because i saw us both change um in the direction of just aligning our lives more with the word and as a result of that our, our relationship just grew a lot stronger. And I think me seeing his changes and him seeing mine was just like encouraging each other. Mm. Right.
0: No, I love that. And I, I want to take a second just to kind of recognize you and appreciate your, your vulnerability and sharing that, uh, you know, a lot of people are pretty closed off, but that's really where, you know, that's really where people get the lesson. Right. So, you know, my whole life's mission is to be 1% better uh, or 1, 1%, uh, you know, positive net gain in your life, right? So, you know, if, 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 if by me sharing or by you sharing that, you know, if, if it takes a little courage uh, and a little vulnerability, uh, I, I just want to recognize that because, you know, there, there, even if there's only one person of however many people download this episode, if only one person heard what you just said right there, uh, I, it, it was definitely worth it. Uh, you know, that, that idea that, you know, you can't change someone else. And, you know, I talk about this too, uh, and I won't get too descriptive about people because, you know, they, to protect their privacy. But, you know, often I say, when people say like, well, I'm struggling in my marriage, I need to go to marriage counseling. I say, well, have you tried counseling on your own first? You know, <laughs> like, have you, have you tried maybe it's you bro. You know, like most, most of the people I counsel are men. I, you know, I'm, I'm definitely open to women's counseling too, but uh you know, most, most of the guys I'm, most of the people I mentor are men. It's like, Hey man, you know, you got to own your part too. Right. And so maybe just look at yourself first and then, you know, that, that can kind of help you bring two broken people back together, uh, in, in a unity of love. Right. Uh, right now you're two separate broken people. Um, so I appreciate that share.
1: And, uh, and that's how she would start to every session is she would say, tell me about your week, but only talk about you. Perfect. And I think we are so apt to talk about, you know, of the other things, you know, that are affecting us, but really when we're focused on ourselves and that, again, like that's what she helped us do. What can you change? What can you do? What about your own behavior and thoughts? Can you change? Because I needed, I needed help and I needed to grow. Um, and, and that's why I just feel like, you know, she's the one that gave us the right, pointed us in the right direction, but God was the one that really did the deep like heart work.
0: I want to, you know, before I get to like, maybe the closing question, I want to just kind of talk about maybe what, you know, again, we're talking about the now, right? So the now is the important thing, uh, but we've kind of gone through your past uh, and, you know, the background of, you know, how you got to where you are. Uh, And before, before I kind of land this thing, I I do want to give you an opportunity to say, you know, like, what's the future like for you? I I know it's almost impossible to say that, you know, you you said you know, tell us what you're doing, like the actual physical work that you're doing, you know, your, your blog uh, and and a lot of people start episodes with that, with the bio, but that's like me introducing myself with my rank first. And I hate it when people do that. Like, I hate it when people Uh. walk into a, you know, I'm in the military. So when people walk into a meeting and they feel the need to tell me that they're a retired captain or whatever, I'm like, okay, cool story, bro. Like you could have left your rank at the, at the door, you know, like we're here, we're here to solve a problem here. And uh, so that was intentional. Um, And I want to give you the opportunity to do that though. So, you know, what are you working on now? Where is it going? Where do you hope it's going to go? How can I help? How, you know, how can the community help? Uh, floor is yours.
1: Awesome. Okay. Thanks. Uh, well, so I, about five years ago, what I felt calling me to write. And so I started a blog. Um, it's just my name. It's general Um, again, writing on health and wellness, but then also, you know, from a holistic perspective. So mind, body, spirit. So, I write there, um, I've been writing there again for the past about five years. And eventually I would like to to write a book. I think there's something about holding a book in your hands and being able to digest it versus just reading, skimming through something on a screen. Um, So I did, my first book proposal was actually um, about simplicity, but really talking about the way that I had um, chipped away at different things in my life. Again, kind of along that same um theme that I'm talking about in terms of moving towards wholeness. Um, And I'm actually working on a another book proposal now about the journey through chronic pain and illness and how we can move toward healing and wholeness in the midst of that. So there's kind Mm -hmm. of a a theme of spiritual formation and growth woven through both of them. Um, But people can help if they want to support me in that just by subscribing. To my blog because building my email list is um, the best way that I can uh, nice. convince a publisher that I have enough people interested in, in reading my my content and that it's helping them that they'll you know sign me to actually go forward and, and write the book. Um, if so I- uh, when we
0: when we end the show, stay on for a little bit and um, we'll we'll link up so I can get all that in the show notes and everything. Yeah.
1: Okay, that would be fantastic. Yep. Um, and then so I also speak. Um, I've spoken at women's retreats and I've done health conferences and not as much about the pain, but because that's relatively new, but I can see that also being in the future, but I can speak about different aspects of of wellness, mind, body, spirit, wellness. Uh, I do coaching one-on-one coaching with people um, that are struggling with um, more recently now, again, with the anxiety and the fear as it pertains to um, pain and chronic illness, but Um, Also just general um, people that are looking for like a mentor, I will come alongside them and walk with them in that journey. Um, And then more recently, I became a a ministry leader at my church. So I'm kind of overseeing a larger group of women now as the women's ministry leader and planning conferences and just organizing those get togethers that we talked about that are so important that we've missed for so, so long. And we're finally starting them back up and launching a conference in the fall about belonging and finding our place again after with, you know, almost two years of, of not seeing each other face to face. So I'm really excited about just reconnecting, uh, with people again. That was my word for the year was connect. And I feel like that's something I've really tried to be intentional about both because of our circumstances, um, with COVID and everything, and also because, with pain, it's very easy to shy away and not want to go out and do things. Hmm. Maybe you don't feel your best. And I found that um, most of the time it's worth it um, to drive where I have a little more pain to get there, to be around other people, physically be around them, than to pass up on that opportunity um, and just stay home by myself. So,
0: I think um, we we talked on the phone about the blue zones and, and how, uh, you know, just just a shout out for the listener and they probably have already heard me say this like 10 times. It's like one of the top 10 recommended books, but you know, the people that lived over a hundred years, the centenarians, this guy went around and studied all these people. And the number one thing that kept them alive over a hundred years, they they might've had a little bit of wine. They might've had a little bit of red meat. Uh, they might've had a little bit of this and that, but what they did have that was a number one contributing factor was a tribe, was a community of people that supported them and shored them up in, in times of adversity and hardship. Um, I'm sorry. Did, was that, did I, did I interrupt? (laughs) Did you have another?
1: No, I I agree with you. I think that community is really important and that we are created to grow in community. Um, it was
0: one thing I would say we've learned from COVID though, like, you know, they're, they're God bless. And I'm mourning the souls of those that are lost. And at the same time, I celebrate their life that they're moving on to the, you know, to the next life. Right. Uh, but, one thing we did learn from COVID was things like this. Like we learned how to connect with people across the country without having to, I mean, yes, it's it's better to do it in person always. I mean, I'm a I'm a huge hugger. Like I'm um, it's crazy. I have like all these tattoos on my hands and everything, but like I'm <laughs> big old lush, man. I'm like like an MM I'm soft on the inside. You know what I mean? So, like, you know, getting that hug, like that's a real thing. That's a real feeling, you know, that's a real connection with another person. And this is good too. Like, this is a good second, you know, we've learned how to do this. You and I may not have connected. were it not for, you know, learning how to do all this through COVID. Right. So.
1: I agree. And it's been a really cool, like with coaching, it's been awesome to be able to, to do that from home and to be able to connect with people, you know, in California or wherever it may be.
0: It lowers, it lowers the barrier of entry and, and kind of, you know, opens the aperture at the same time. So
1: Yes. And everybody, I feel like everybody's now had to do it. So there's not that tech barrier so yep. much anymore. Everybody's like, Oh, yeah, I can do Zoom. I can do. Um, and it's it like does, going to McDonald's. I know how to hit number four.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, which is not really what we're talking about on this podcast. But anyway, so um, you mentioned fear and anxiety uh, multiple times. Uh, we could probably do a whole episode on that because that has manifested for a lot of PTSD through me. Um, so, uh, open invitation to come back and maybe just do a whole episode on fear and anxiety and maybe like what your takeaways would be, uh, you know, from, from your perspective. Uh, cause I, like if I unpack that right now, I feel like we're, we're really gonna, that's that, that could be a whole nother episode. So I just kind of want to leave that maybe not for lack of time, but for more of a, maybe a more, uh, succinct, um, approach at maybe just that particular topic uh, if you're open to that, uh, cause I heard you mention it like four or five times, the fear and anxiety. And uh, every time you said it, I was just thinking like, girl, if you only knew, <laughs> but you do. Um, so put a bow on that. And then, uh, so the last thing, uh, you know, I have um, this philosophy and you're, I don't give everybody a heads up, but I did give you a heads up. Uh, the listener already knows what I'm going to ask. And so I'll try to, uh, I'm so long-winded. I'll, I'll do my best, but uh, for most of my life, I worried about my reputation and my legacy. You know, I worried about what everybody thought about me. And then what, you know, when I died, I wanted my tombstone to say like warrior, uh, you know, father, uh, you know, just these, these, there was these things that I was so worried about. And now if I were to think about what I wanted to be on my tombstone, it would just say like good human, you know, like literally, I would just want it to say good human if there even was a tombstone. Um, but so I worried so much about my reputation and my legacy that I completely disregarded my character and my value system, right? And those virtues that that play into that. So that as a lesson for me, I, I kind of pay it forward to you as a question. You know, what I've, what I've learned is that character is the most important thing, right? Your reputation and legacy will take care of itself if you just focus on your character, forged in your value system, which you said is in faith and, you know, in God's plan for you, right? And so if you focus on that, your reputation, your legacy, your book will be what it needs to be for the right person, right? Your this podcast will land on the person that it needs to land on. Your legacy, don't worry about that crap. Like, don't worry about the downloads. Don't worry about the the book reviews. Like just focus on the character and the rep in the and the, the legacy, or excuse me, <laughs> focus on the character and the and the value system and the and, and everything else will take care of itself. So uh like I said, it was a long to question. But uh, you know, if you could uh if 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 what would you hope someone would describe your character is? And then what do you do every day to ensure that that is shining through, that that is like the beacon of light for Jen?
1: That is a a really good question. Um,
0: It's a tough one. So you can take your time. We're not in a hurry. Yeah.
1: Well, I thought about, so there's actually a song um, that I heard. It's a Christian song, but I, I heard it years ago and, I told my husband, I said, you know, at my funeral, that's, that is (laughs) going to, I want you to play this song because it talked about the kind of legacy that I want um, to leave. Um, And I'm just going to read you part of it. It's, it's called legacy um, by Nicole Norman, but I, I wholeheartedly agree with what you said. And I know living in this world, it's very hard to not to like, not look at the downloads for your podcast or not look how many subscribers you have for your uh, because the world still looks at those things. I mean, and and so focusing on our character and growth. I mean, I think that's you know, God is not concerned with any of the material things. He wants to conform us more to His Son, and that's it, it's all about growth. Um, it's all part of that journey. Um, but I want people to. Um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna read this little lyric here, if that's okay, from the song. Please do. So it says, how, how will they remember me? Did I choose to love? Did I point to you enough to make a mark on things? I want to leave an offering, a child of mercy and grace who blessed your name unapologetically and leave that kind of legacy. Um, so for me, it's all, you know, did I love well? Did I point to God was I, you know, did I offer mercy and grace towards others and point back to him? And if I can leave that kind of legacy, then, um, you know, people remember me that way, then I would say that I've, I've lived a good life. Um, I have had other, because I, you gave me a heads up about that question, I did reach out and ask a, f- a few people how they would describe me. And they said things, um, like detail oriented truth seeker and loves genuinely compassionately and, um, honest and, and resilient. And, you know, I'm glad I asked them because I wouldn't necessarily have chosen those words for myself, but hearing them say that, um, it was just kind of like, you know, okay, I think, I think I'm on the right track. Like I, I, I feel like if others see me as someone who's honest and loyal and resilient, and who loves compassionately and genuinely, and you know, if I can get up every morning and, like you said, make someone's life better, then I have you know, I think that, that then that's a good day. And, um, you know, it's not about living for myself. It's God has given me certain gifts to bless other people. So I love to teach, I, you know, I love learning. I love to teach, I love, you know, shepherding or overseeing a group of people like over time, you know, like to see their growth over time, to walk with them. Um, and I love sharing my own experiences and what's gotten me through them. And um, you know, there's a reason I love those things, you know, cause he wants to use them to bless other people who need someone to come alongside them Amen. who feel like they're going to give up and need some encouragement who, you know, maybe aren't the um, ones that are going to go out and listen to your podcast or read that book, but they'll, you know, but I can paraphrase it for them and they're really interested in that material. Um, and so it then blesses them. Um, and just like, you know, with you, you using your passion to start this project and how many people is blessed. I just think that's, that's why we're given the gifts we have. It's not to, our bank accounts it's to uh to serve other people
0: amen no that's beautiful um the lyric was beautiful everything you said i, I actually i could talk longer but i don't want to i don't want to take away from anything you just said right there i just want to leave it that that is beautiful and uh, thank you for sharing that's that's what uh <laughs> i think that's what everybody should be put on this planet to do is share exactly what you said you know uh and it takes a lot of introspection so um we'll we'll stay on maybe we'll but if you wanted to just give somebody one place to uh point to where they can find you and then you know w- let's stay on the call for a little bit and I'll get the rest of the or give you some directions on how to give me the rest of the the things to put in the show notes but if you just had one place to point people where would that be if they're maybe running cuz a lot of people are probably running or cycling or you know, driving to work right now. So. Okay.
1: Well, yeah, my website, just my name Roland.com, and I'm on Instagram at, at Jen Roland. So those mm-hmm. are two easy ones to find. Um, so they can connect with me on Instagram at, at Jen Roland or my website. J E
0: N R O L A N D.
1: Yep. Just J E N R O L A N D. And then my website is the same thing.
0: Cool. Okay. And then, yeah, we'll link up, we'll link up everything in the show notes, but for the listener, that's the easiest place to get Jen. Jen, thank you so much. Uh, I took a lot. I mean, let me show you my notes here before we jump off here. <laughs> like my page is full with this awesome. stuff that, uh, it's kind of all over the place, but you, you had a lot of, a lot of uh, good shares there. And I'm really, um, I'm just, I'm grateful for you taking the time, uh, sharing in vulnerability and uh, so much wisdom. And I know that it's kind of like you said, you know, it's, it's his plan and, and we were connected for a reason. So open invitation. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. So open invitation. Uh, thank you for sharing. And uh, I'll leave the, if you want to give any last, last words, I'll leave it open to you and then we'll close out.
1: Any last words? <laughs> um, You're like I'm
0: out of last words, Jeff.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I just think, Oh, well, here, man, my, my son spoken his head in. Like, Perfect um, timing. Yeah. I, I think life is just a journey. And I think our, our goal is just to, to, um, you know, keep running the race the best we can and link arms with whoever else wants to run that race with us and encourage each other along the way.
0: That's beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. All right, guys, there you have my interview with Jen, uh, super pumped to push this one out. Very happy for our mutual friend that, uh, connected, grateful for, her. uh, it, Again, if you get anything, I'll link everything in the show notes for how you can get in touch with Jen. Uh, she offered a lot of uh, ways that she can help you, uh, the individual, and how she's helping the collective. So if you get anything out of this, uh, contact her, share it out, do all the things. I'll link everything up in the show notes. Uh, really enjoyed having her on. Like I said, I'll, I'll probably have her back on here soon. I've uh, got another interview lined up. Uh, you guys, uh, really, it's, it's hard to tell. Uh, based on the analytics uh, what you like more the interviews or the solo pods but it kind of just seems like you like both Uh, so I'm gonna keep that rotation flowing Uh, I, you know I I think early on in the show I would do a lot of work to like chase uh, people down to interview them I know that sounds kind of crude and I don't don't mean it that way Uh, but I did a lot of extra legwork to get more people on the show and now I'm just kind of letting it happen authentically because I think that uh, You know, if you force, you know, I did that episode, Power Over Force. When you force things, uh, sometimes, not every time, but sometimes uh, it can just be a little inauthentic. And uh, for those of you that know me personally know that that's something that I definitely, definitely find value in. And I think it's important to be as authentic, upfront, honest, transparent, vulnerable, all of those things. Um, Because, you know, for lack of a better phrase, you know. When you tell the truth all the time, you never have to remember a lie. So, um, that's kind of where I'm going with the project. Uh, I'm gonna kind of keep the rotation going. If I feel moved to record, I will. Uh, if if, uh, if an interview comes into my sphere, or if I tap somebody and they, they respond with 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 uh, you know with power, then uh, we're gonna do that. Um, so it's worked so far. It's working really well. If you guys get you know got any feedback for me, any ways to improve the project, anything. Uh, maybe you have somebody else that, uh, you know, I might connect with that. Uh, maybe we're on the same wavelength. Maybe we kind of vibe, uh, you know, that then, uh, hit me up, slide into the old DMS, Jeff Bayless underscore. Uh, I love you guys. I, I really appreciate you. I appreciate the opportunity to have this platform. I do not take your time for granted. I don't take this platform for granted. I respect it. I respect you. And, uh, yeah, I'm just super grateful to, uh, be the guy behind the mic trying to elevate all of us in a collective consciousness for the greater good. All right. Love you guys. We'll chat next week on the Evolution Podcast.